on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. If your sad Disneyland is still closed, you can always ride Twitter's carousel. No, YouTube didn't have to stoop so low. <laughs> Post video content and then go add those ads. I guess I don't need that, no. Now you're just adless videos that I used to know. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen now. <laughs> <laughs> Go to yay for you. Good job. We tell the story of another social network adopting the fleeting post format. The projected bronze medalist for Greg of the Year was a whiny samurai sword all episode. I might be fourth now. Google has some sage advice for advertisers. Raise your budgets. And Halloween may be over, but there's always room for more M&Ms. And we stand by that. Oh, on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on November 20th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another show. Jess is in like a very executive <laughs> setting over there. She's in one of our conference rooms. It's like what mad woman over there. <laughs> yeah. What is going on in your life, Jess? Uh, I have been letting, I don't know if you're supposed to let kids play with cell phones like babies, but... I let Jack hold my phone <laughs> when it's on lock. Like he can't really do anything, but he loves to pretend he's talking and like play with it, whatever. And I have a screenshot and we'll put it in the show notes and on YouTube. But I took the phone back from him the other day and it said poop pop. He was performing a search for poop pop. So I feel like even though he didn't say them out loud, those might be his first word. That is an advanced reading level. I think so. I also don't know like what my phone thinks that I'm up to, but that's probably an autocorrect, right? So I'm, whatever he typed, the phone thought he meant poop. <laughs> I'm going to take it as his entry for poke holes in this, the poop pop. <laughs> I don't want to know what that actually means. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Well, I have a very important announcement to make that I was schooled by Katie and our team about polyester. I was gung-ho on polyester. I was all Mr. Polyester. Apparently, it's very bad for the environment. Parts I thought of, everyone knew that. I didn't know parts of your polyester get put off into the planet. Did you know that? When you wash it, it like parts of it flake off and kill everybody or something? No. That's what Katie told me. I so, just know it's bad. But if you, I just figured if you wear it all the time, I wear my clothes all the time until you can't wear it anymore. And I figured like, hey, I'll just wear this till I die. And then that's fine. But Katie said, I'm killing everybody in the environment when I wash these clothes. So I'm going back and I'm disavowing everything that I said about polyester. So all of my previous conversation is redacted and it is officially disavowed. I am no longer Mr. Polyester. And so that, the thing is, I'm like, well, I need, I need an answer here. Like I have to wear clothes. Right. So I'm like, what is a sustainable clothing? And Katie's like, you should wear the best things are linen and wool. Can you imagine me? I'm going to be a wrinkly, sweaty mess walking around with wool. Like, can you imagine I'm going to put on my wool joggers to go for a run oh, wearing just linen? I can't do that. I can't no. do that. Linen or wool. And I'm like, maybe it's like alpaca. And what I do, just go, you know, 
skin an alpaca or whatever. You don't skin it. <laughs> what is it called? Fleece an alpaca? What do you do to an alpaca? Shear? Oh. Do you shear an alpaca? I'm going to shear know. an alpaca no and put it all over myself. I'm going to look like Katie Elf. will correct you if that's Yeah, Katie will tell us. She's the new stats and information czar. She has <laughs> usurped. She has a lot more stats than the previous um, stats and information guy. So anyway, no more polyester. It's going to be alpaca and linen and wool for me. What about you, okay. Shep? I don't believe you. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I was just going to say, speaking of stats and information guy, I had to work from home with him for like literally an hour this morning. It wasn't even that long. And because we were kind of in like separate areas of the house and we were both working from home for a long time. I had my desk set up. But this morning, I just like set up my laptop at the Island Bar. He's a psychopath, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's he leaves the sound on. For his version of Slack, they call it Jabber. He has it on all the time, like out loud, no headphones in. And it's like a terrible, terrible ringtone. And you know how people type when they're like sending incomplete thoughts and they just keep going and going and going. I do it all the time. Everyone he works with must be like that. It goes off every two seconds. And I literally said, I was like, can you please turn that off? And he straight up said no. Wow. How do you get (laughs) it? He probably needs it. Yeah, I don't know, but like that is not normal. Like that's like the people who leave their clicks on on their text. Like go live on an island by yourself, not my kitchen island. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was a very interesting morning. But we really like you guys listeners. So if you want to leave us a review or share our show with a friend, we really appreciate it. Every little bit counts. And we actually have some big news to share because on Tuesday, we are dropping our next episode of Marketing a Talk, our roundtable episodes. And this time we are doing an SEO edition with Glenn Gabe and Sam Schmidt. Best BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe is finally on the blower. And we are talking about web stories. It is a five minutes longer, I think, right, Greg? It's 59 minutes than our other Marketing a Talks. Yep. But it will be the best 59 minutes on web stories that you've ever heard. It's dropping Tuesday. You should definitely tune in. Minus that Greg guy that's on there, but <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. I forgot to even say Greg's on it, too. He's our marketing o'clock voice of the show. Candidate for Greg of the Year. But anyway. You, I, don't, I think you're out of the running. You, you probably had more, enough of us by now. But if you want more, do not miss the SCJ eSummit on January 12th through the 13th. We're going to be there on the main stage kicking it live with you all. And it is one of our initiatives to make sure that we have everybody listening now, we harvest our content from the community. So in coming episodes, we're going to get that. And not only are we part of the eSummit, you're going to be part of the eSummit too. So stay tuned on how you can join and make sure you buy your ticket now before prices go up. Today's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, marketers can streamline their influencer marketing campaigns and scale their influencer program in no time. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started. That's G-E-T dot Upfluence. Dot com forward slash S-E-J to get started. We'll talk about it a little bit more as to how we use Upfluence and why you can't afford to market without it. All right. First up here in the news this week, you guys, fleets have arrived. And if you don't know what that means, I will read it you Twitter's <laughs> exact words. The thing you didn't tweet but wanted to, but didn't, but got so close, but then we're like, nah, we have a place for that now. Fleets rolling out to everyone starting today. So if you still don't get it, these are stories for Twitter. That's what a fleet is. And we can all roll our eyes at that, but I feel like the name is probably the best name of anything new in 2020. It's very, very appropriate. It's fleeting, it's tweet, fleet. Fleeting thoughts, right? Yeah, right? It's lovely. And people are actually using these too, so much so that Twitter had to slow their rollout of this. According to a fleet, I got this information from a fleet, from Jane Manchin Wonger at Wong and Jane on the Twitter. She refleeted. I don't know. When you share a tweet via fleet, this is all new. Uh, she she refleeted. <laughs> you she can re- do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you can reshare fleets. She shared a tweet. So I'm not really sure. It's like Twitter inception. It's like a yeah, tweet inside confusing. of a fleet. 
yeah, we've got we've got time to figure this out. The, the language will come. But Twitter support tweeted that, quote, we're slowing down the rollout of fleets to fix some performance and stability problems. If you don't have the feature yet, you may not get it for a few more days. We love that so many people are using fleets and we want to ensure that we're providing the best experience for everyone. So that's nice. I just can't believe that it blew up so much that they had to dial it back. I mean, they're 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 stupid, if we're being honest, but people are really, really people are going for it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of like businesses using them already. I know Greg, you posted one. I don't know if you did, Jeff. I did not. Greg, <laughs> what's Greg's fleet? I put, I had you in the fleet and I, I added you on my fleet. Uh, it was a sneak preview of our marketing attack. I just took a screenshot when I was editing and I thought the, the process was nice for Twitter. It's not too fancy. There's not too much stuff you can do in there. Am I going to use it? Probably not. I mean, Maybe, but I, I, the thing I like about Twitter is it's, it's all kind of just really simple, short little thoughts you put out anyway. I, I don't know, but I, I just, again, my, my biggest problem with all these stories, minus web stories coming soon on Tuesday, <laughs> is that these things just go away. And I just personally don't like wasting my time on stuff that's going away. I get it. There's functionality behind it. It makes sense to do. I just, I'm like somehow like diametrically opposed to the fact and I'm putting all this time into something that's going to be gone. It doesn't yeah. have to be all this time. It could be like two seconds. It's definitely, yeah, but people will put time into it because yeah. the whole vanity aspect, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't really need it. I use it on Instagram all the time to just share like silly pictures of Jack because my whole feed ends up being Jack, but on Twitter, I don't know if I need this. I do have a favorite that I saw in the wild and I have it in the show notes. Burger King said, Hey, at Twitter, can we call them eats instead of fleets, which made me laugh. And then Twitter marketing fleeted that tweet and just said, no. <laughs> that could have been like a Burger King joke or an SEO joke. Wow. <laughs> Only on the show. That's what I Only said. our listeners would get that. Wow. I hate myself for saying that. Yeah. But no, it, it was funny. Also, just FYI, as of press time, Hot Pockets still hasn't fleeted or flit or flat. Flat. Everyone's favorite Twitter account. Do our <laughs> listeners even know that? Our tweet was liked by Hot, Pop Hot Pockets. Is a big moment here. It was a big moment. I don't they, know. They followed Jess too. <laughs> they did. did? They? No, they didn't. <laughs> I was going to say because there was this whole controversy. They were like, "Oh, everyone that replies to this tweet will get followed." And I replied, and they didn't follow, and it was all a joke. They did that dumb meme of where like this is could be potentially inaccurate information, and it was like, if you respond to this, we will follow you, and it was inaccurate. I fell for it. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I got burned by a hot <laughs> Well, we have more news from Twitter because not only are they copying stories, they are also rolling out social media's favorite format for ads, the carousel. Carousels are now available globally. Marketers can create these ads in their ads manager or through the API. And the headline for the blog post they have where they talk about these, I think it was actually in the tweet itself too, where they announced that carousels were live. They said how it started, how it's going, performance advertising on Twitter. And then they talked about the carousel. We need to do one of those for our new office compared to our old setup. You guys don't know the pain <laughs> of where we used to come from. <clears throat> we used to work at this office above some garbage ad agency and it was like somebody was having an extramarital affair during office hours and it was <laughs> insane and the bathrooms didn't work and then we moved to an office where we didn't have running water and then we expanded <laughs> we got running water and now we're like like official <laughs> so yes we definitely need to have one of those and our last one while we were recording the show, people were just like tap dancing above us at all time. Like, oh my I'm convinced gosh. it was a dance studio. It was ridiculous. I went it up there. So it was nice not, now. it was not a dance studio. <laughs> <laughs> it was some old guy that yelled at me. <laughs> I'm like, sir, can you please stop throwing the furniture? We're recording a podcast. And he's like, pod cart? What's that? And started throwing harder. Anyway, now we have this beautiful new office. And pretty soon we're going to be recording together. You know, it's just going to be so great. Luxurious audio coming your way. Bless your hearts if you've listened to this audio. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. phenomenal soon. I promise you. Yes. 
And back to carousels, marketers could add up to six images or videos in one of these ads. And Matt Southern from Search Engine Journal said in his article that these can be used organically or promoted as ads and carousels can be used to achieve a variety of goals like web traffic, engagement, brand awareness, et cetera. So sounds like a lot of people are going to be able to use these for their campaigns, which is very exciting. We love something else to test. What else is happening this week? Well, if you are on YouTube and you are promoting videos there, or you just have posting your content there in the past, you would have to allow YouTube to run ads on your content by using the YouTube partner program. The YouTube this week has changed their terms of service and now can run ads on content that they want, even if you don't want to. So I thought, and we found this over from Andrew Hutchinson on social media today, the fantastic Andrew Hutchinson. And he had a quote in the article that was great. He said, many creators over the years have opted not to put ads into their YouTube clips. Back in 2017, reports suggested that Australian musician Gauthier, did I say that right, Shep? I don't know. Gauthier, it's like the, the, the person you used to know or whatever. Yeah, that was his one-hit wonder. Right? Yeah, that's a good Go- song. Goche, but they turned down over $10 million in revenue on his YouTube channel because he refused to insert ads into his clips. That choice meant that people could view a creator's content without disruption. But now it looks like YouTube's going to chuck ads in those clips anyway. So really, creators probably should sign up to the monetization program. I just like it. It's like, they're going to chuck ads in there. Chuck them in. <laughs> and what happens? YouTube just takes all the money? Like... That's crazy. Well, one of my problems with it is you have to get it to even be allowed into the YouTube partner program. You have to have 10,000 subscribers and that's not a small number to get to, right? Like, so if we, let, let's say that we spun this off, we have a marketing cloud channel. We don't right now it's on search engine You can see most of the like electric green things are us, but many of the people that start these channels it just takes time to do that. And I don't think it's that fair to be like, hey, we're going to just start monetizing you and not even allow you the option of it. So I'm really split on this. And then you really need to consider why it's main news. You might think like, why are they talking about this right now? Well, many people host their brand videos on YouTube. Many people embed videos on YouTube. Most of the time you say, don't put ads in these things. Imagine that you are embedding your video. It's on your site. You're running YouTube video on there. You're like, this is great. It's helping my video SEO. It's helping me rank in YouTube. There's a great post on Proficient Digital that talked about this. It'll be in the show notes and everything's going along fine. And then all of a sudden, somebody's on your page watching your video on YouTube and your competitor ad shows up in the middle of it. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sad to say, but this is what Google's doing. They are, they have OKRs of squeezing every dime out of everything they can do at the cost of product. And they've decided that's the case and that's what they're going to do. So should you use YouTube as your main video platform? No. Uh, Greg Kramer over here, you should buy, buy, buy some sort of other video hosting platforms because nobody's use YouTube anymore. It doesn't make sense. YouTube made a lot of sense when you could cut off the end cards and you cut off the branding and make it transparent at least. And they took that away. And now that you're like, yeah, all this hosted video you've got, everything that you're you're using, you're going to run ads in there and you have no control. And then you have a channel and you only have 7,000 subscribers and we're just going to run ads on all your content and not pay you. It's, it's criminal, criminal, hashtag criminal. Waiting for that word. I just, the whole time. <laughs> somebody over at Google has decided that we're just going to take, we don't care about op- the optics of anything anymore. And we're just going to take everything we can do and just, again, just squeeze it, squeeze every, every single cent out of, out of people. And we don't care about anybody anymore. You're just numbers to us. And we're going to see exactly how much we can get out of you and your number. And we are going to maximize everything. And it's sad but it's, it's, this is very true to form. It is quite on brand. And it's one of the reasons why I think we're so anti-Google on everything is they don't have your best interests in mind. And I'm not going to rant because all I do is complain about this, but it's just so sad. 
I hate to tell you, but you are ranting. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm calmer than usual, right? Like, I feel like I'm calmer. I don't know. It's just, it's, get ready. Find a new platform. Find a new video platform. Stop using Google. Don't know what to tell you. Just, just wait. The show gets better. Do you think this is a lot of ranting right now? Just wait. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from former guest on the show, Joe Martinez at Milwaukee PPC on Twitter. And he has a take where he screenshotted an email from Google ads. And he, Joe says, email I just received from a Google rep who I've never talked to before. So helpful and in line with my client's goals. <laughs> so the email says, hello, this is blank again from Google ads, the account strategist that is assigned to your account. I am the one that you were talking to earlier. Again, Joe says he's never talked to this person. Please consider this as a follow-up email to the first one I sent. Together with this email are a few other recommendations that would be beneficial to your account and they are as follows. And here comes an unordered list. Only one thing on this list, and it is raise your budgets. <laughs> raise your budgets. Raise your budgets. That's just going to be my answer anymore. Anybody's like, oh my goodness, I'm having just a hard time in life. Anything's a problem. Raise your budgets. Raise your budgets. I want to frame that and put it on a wall. It's (laughs) really good. Raise your budgets. (laughs) 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 To to your point from earlier, very on brand. It's it's shameful. It's shameful. But if, if you can't tell who Google cares about, that's a you problem, dude. Raise your budgets. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is just something you might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. And something that I overlooked, I just we just fixed <laughs> Jess's audio. So hey. like I said, <laughs> bless all of your souls listening to this still. Next week. In studio, we've got all this equipment right here to my side coming back live. So thank you all. And we've got an audio treat for you next week. It's going to be back to normal. So anyway, what did we miss this week, Shep? This week, from former Clocksker winner, James Webster, at PPC underscore Webster on Twitter. He said, not sure if this has been mentioned yet, but here's a super quick guide on how to enable free product listings for Microsoft advertising. And it is honestly so simple. That is my input. He says tools, merchant center, settings, product listings, make sure the setting is set to yes and away you go. So just in time for the holiday season, I think a lot of people should make sure that they have this turned on and that they have the right mic enabled. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say that, I said Zoom needs this. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Upfluence. Upfluence's all-in-one influencer marketing platform helps marketers streamline their campaigns and take them to the next level. Shep, why do you love Upfluence? Okay, so I've talked for a couple weeks about the amazing filters you can use to find influencers on Upfluence, but I want to talk about how the actual search looks because it's really easy to use. You can, you put in all your filters and then you press find influencers and it comes up to a page just like this one. As you can see, I'm searching for some Barbie doll influencers and it says how many followers all of these influencers have on different platforms. You can see general demographic breakdowns and the percentage of followers that are real. So as you can see, Um, There are not a lot of bot followers in the world of doll influencing, and it actually pulls in posts so you can kind of see the type of content that these influencers are putting out there all the time. 
And as you're looking at this list, you can expand anyone's profile to get a more detailed look at all of their metrics, which we'll get into later. But you can also build a short list of influencers for your campaign or remove someone by from your search by hovering over their profile picture and doing the X or the check mark. So um, I'm gonna exclude this creepy baby doll. And as your shortlist builds, Upluence aggregates all those high level metrics. So you can see it at the top of your screen and like what a campaign would like this would look like and what the reach would be. So as I say every week, there is no reason, no excuse to not find the perfect influencer for your brand on Upfluence. We love it. And you can start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today. Just go to get.upfluence.com slash SEJ to learn more. And fun fact, Shep applied at the position with a Barbie essay. I did. Oh yeah, her job here. It was fantastic. I read one sentence and I'm like, who is this Shep? (laughs) 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 This is amazing. I did not write Shep on my application, but yeah. No, we were calling you that before you started here though. (laughs) First up in the paid universe this week, YouTube is launching a beta for audio ads. This is an ad format designed to quote, connect your brand with audiences, engage in ambient listening on YouTube. So these aren't just only audio ads. The visual component is just really simple and it's typically a still image or a simple animation. This sounds nice. Like, am I missing something? The YouTube app closes. If you close it, you can't listen, right? Like, why don't they fix that flaw before trying to make it a listening platform. I was you thinking have to pay, that, right? Yeah. I think I, you can pay. Yeah. I was thinking about that the, when I was trying to listen to web creators in my car and how awful of, of a just user experience that is that you have to keep the thing open. And the only reason they're doing it is to get money from you. It's crazy. And this is cool, but like, where are they going to get more inventory on YouTube? Where are they going to be able to run more ads, Shep? How are they going to make this work? That's what I think. And I would just never pay to subscribe for YouTube. They can make money off all these ads they're running and not paying the creators for. Just make the app work better. It's not that hard. Okay, moving on. Tell them. Google posted a new blog this week and the title is quote, grow your business with broad match and smart bidding, which obviously had a lot of people groaning, sharpening their pitchforks. But Ginny Marvin wrote an article about why she thinks this may be worth a test. I'm just going to read her quote for you guys, and you can do with it what you will. She said, like it or not, this is where Google Ads paid search is heading. This is a radical shift anyone who's been managing paid search campaigns for any length of time. But in this way, it's becoming much more like paid social, where we are more accustomed to loosening the reins and segmenting less to let the algorithms run and learn. So that's Ginny's take on broad match and smart bidding. And I'm team Ginny for life. I'm team Ginny, always. And I would 100% agree with her here with the exception that Google doesn't want you to use broad match. And do you know how I know this? Because they don't show you search query data. If you said, and I think there's a ton of validity to this or testing it out, if you could see your data and if you're like, I'm going to run broad match, I'm going to use smart bidding and we're going to hopefully hit this target return on ad spend. We're going to maximize conversion value or we're going to do whatever. Good. Fine. I don't care. But the fact of the matter is they're taking your visibility and, and, and crushing it. So no, don't do this. I mean, I, I test it out. Sure. Test it out at your own peril. But yeah, should should everybody do this? No. And the thing that I'm just hesitant, it's like the boy who cries wolf, right? You're saying to do broad match out there. I can't see anything. I can't see where I'm spending money. Why on earth would I do this? Why would I do it, Shep? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, there, you know what you both need to just calm down and do? I know Raise, your Raise your budgets. Raise your budgets. Raise the budgets. (laughs) You'll be fine. Just do that. Don't do that. Uh, In all honesty, though, if you've got extra money to spend and you have a very tight control and you can do something like target return on ad spend or something, sure, give this a test. I really don't have an issue with it. But I do have an issue with the fact that Google hates us and won't give us any search term data, search query data. We have nothing. And it's getting worse and worse. And, oof. 
whatever. They don't care about us. I love you, Ginny, though. (laughs) So another Google ad story from Ginny. This time she's not as happy with them because she's talking about auto-applied recommendations in Google ads. We have talked about this before, but let this be a reminder. Larry Chase, power listener, has this tweet. He says, if you have not done so already, make sure and double check your auto applied control center in your MCC account to make sure all the accounts are set to not activate it, unless you want recommendations being auto applied in your accounts. And just like seriously, pause this podcast, stop what you're doing and do it right now. It is terrifying. Nobody wants these turned on. And I've just heard the scariest stories from this article about people who have them turned on who don't know. They have this person who has a tax preparation campaign and the keyword broad match modified, just taxes showed up. And they said every other keyword in the campaign had both tax and preparation in it, but they did it without asking. And I've heard that some of this is opt in. So like you might've just not known that you did it, but the biggest, biggest, biggest culprit here is that it doesn't show up in your change history. It's (laughs) terrifying. You have to go to a completely different dashboard. And you're making these enormous changes and you can't see when it was applied and it's a change. I don't care if it's Google that's the person that changed it. It should be in the change history. Yeah, terrifying. Turn those suckers off. I hate it. And we have breaking news from PPC Greg. He says, Google Ads Editor 1.5.2. Like, seriously, that's how they're naming these updates. (laughs) Is now available. Biggest thing for me is bulk image extension uploads and edits. Um, So that's the end of PPC Greg's tweet. I also check this out. You can check ad strength for responsive search and display ads too. That might be kind of cool to look into. There's better label filtering. Um, which is really nice. We love labels at our agency. So I'm excited about that. And surprise, surprise, there are more recommendations. Did so. Greg say if this version actually works or no? <laughs> he didn't mention that. And I haven't actually updated mine yet because I always just put it off because I like don't want to not work for the five minutes it takes to update. So I'm, I'm so lazy, but I need to do it like next week. I like that you're lazy because you don't want to not work. I'm so busy being productive <laughs> that I'm lazy. I just mean it as a humble brag. I just like don't want to yes, there. Yes, you did. And yeah. wait for it to update. It's so annoying. We love you. And we have some bad news from LinkedIn ads here. They published a blog saying they discovered some reporting issues in August that overreported some sponsor content campaign metrics for impression and video views. LinkedIn says these issues potentially impacted more than 418,000 customers over a two-year period. 90% of those customers saw an impact of less than $25, which is not that bad, but on such a mass scale, it's like, how did they not notice this problem for so long? They also say that they're working with people who were impacted to get them a credit and they're teaming up with Media Rating Council and Moat by Oracle Data Cloud to ensure that this doesn't happen again. I mean, August was kind of a long time ago. Like, I think I would have liked to know a little sooner, right? Just in time for the holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I hope all those people get their $25 back. I mean, I want my $25 back if it was me. And next up, we have an article from Andrew Lulk called, I hope I'm saying his name right. It's L-O-L-K. Lulk? Lulk. People make fun of how I say stock and stock. Like the one with an L, I think they're pronounced exactly the same. Wait, so you said two different words there? Yeah, yeah, those are the same. Yeah. Or like the stats and information guy makes fun of how I say wolf. Like the animal. <laughs> like would, how a dog I would as well. Yeah. Well, you said wolf. <laughs> It's pronounced the same. Okay, whatever. Wolf. Wolf. There's an owl. Wolf. Like Greg's new material plus an F. Yeah. Wolf. (laughs) Sweat. Nobody talks that way. Wolf? Wolf. Everybody does. A wolf in Shep's clothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's head on over to Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) Nobody talks that way. It's a wolf. Okay. I just like tend to disagree, but... Andrew can tell us how to say his name. Andrew Loke. 
This article is called Eight Google Shopping Campaign Structures Using Priorities. And then right there in the title, he has in parentheses, advanced. And this is certainly too advanced for the lightning round, but Andrew has this handy summary that breaks down the whole article. He says, great Google shopping campaign structures use priorities to tell Google what products are most likely to convert. There isn't a one size fit all structure, but some work better than others most of the time. Start simple and expand in complexity as you go. And then he has one really actionable takeaway here. He says, standard shopping campaigns with few ad groups, few products and manual bidding do not work. So we will link to this in the show notes says it's a 16 minute read. It take, took me a little bit longer. I'll be honest. It took me like 20 minutes to read this, but if you're running Google shopping, you should definitely check this out. It always takes me longer to read the articles than it says it does at the top. And he's a great follow on Twitter if you don't have that much time. So just follow him on Twitter. You'll get everything. Mm-hmm. And next up from Mark Irvine via his Twitter handle at Mark Irvine 89. Oh, I didn't realize that rhymed until now. It's fun. I wonder if there's a silent L in there too. They're updating their app ad policy to say that ads must display the app name and download source in their creative and or landing page. And it'll go into effect January 14th. I mean, everyone should be already doing that, but okay. Like, why would you download an app if it doesn't say the name of the app? Whatever. And next up, front runner for Greg of the Year at PPC Greg found something fun in his Google ads keyword report this week or the search term report I should say he says Google now tells you how many searches they're not showing you thanks and then it's like the bottom of the search terms report where it shows the total search terms and the total campaign you used to have to do the math to see how many were omitted now there's a new line for total omitted search terms which is I mean if they're gonna do it I'd rather have the line than not have it but I'd also rather have my data and I really liked Mark's response Mark Saltarelli, Marketing O'Clock co-host. He said, breaking, Google Ads employs basic arithmetic to display how much they're stealing from advertisers. (laughs) (laughs) And you should follow Mark. It is at Marketing by Mark on Twitter. And a lot of people are like, oh, this is nice. I think Cole on our team said that as well. What are your thoughts on this, seeing the omitted results? I'm glad they're there. Like if they're gonna hide things, hide search terms, I'd rather know how many were admitted than have to do the math. No, I feel like this is their response to people that have been posting the percentage lost or whatever. They're just like, oh, we hear you, but we're tone deaf. So the one thing that you can't see in the total omitted search results is the average CPC. I don't know if you noticed that or not. You can't see what the omitted CPCs are. It's just blank. Blank. Not reported. Somehow they can report everything except for that. Because I should say, I don't have this in my accounts yet. Do either of you? Mm -mm. I checked a few. I don't have it. But it's a little bit strange to me that you're not reporting on everything else. Like you're not telling me the number of impressions that that got for my omitted search terms. You're not telling me what I'm paying for these omitted terms. I don't know. I, I am, again, I think... Until you prove that you care about advertisers, I'm going against. I I don't think you care. And I think there's something up with the fact you're not showing me these CPCs because you think that I'm not going to do the math. And if you just show me this, you're going to raise those CPCs and I'm never going to look. I'm never going to investigate. I'm never going to see how hard you're screwing your advertisers with this. That's my theory. Interesting theory. I don't know. I'd I'd rather see the CPC too, but I'll take what I can get. And now it's time for our new segment, Beyond Google Ads, because guess what, guys? Google Ads does not care about you. But we do. And this week, we have a voicemail from Mark. We were just talking about him, about LinkedIn ads. So play the voicemail, please. Second place nominee for Greg of the Year. Hey, strangers. It's Marketing by Mark here on The Blower. I wanted to call in to let you all know that if you're looking for a way to see what companies are interacting with your site, but don't want to pay for an expensive tool, you really should look into LinkedIn ads, even if you're not running any ads there. Simply install the LinkedIn Insights tag on your website, create one or more website audiences, and head on over to their website's demographic report. 
Here, I'll be able to see the top 25 companies that have visited your website over a specified date range. And you can also compare different website audiences to gain insights into more specific website behavior for those companies. If you're looking for a more robust report, you can upload an audience of up to 300,000 companies and use LinkedIn's new company engagement report to easily identify how the companies you want or possibly don't want to reach are engaging with your marketing. When Mark said that in our marketing meeting, I was blown away. I didn't know that you could see the top 25 companies that are interacting with your site mm -hmm. by just installing the LinkedIn tag. That's crazy. Brilliant. Yeah, Jess said to me this morning, she said, it's free data. Why wouldn't you take? And that is it for paid. What's happening in organic? All right. First up in organic from Greg of the Year, front runner, Greg Sterling. <laughs> there is an article over on Search Engine Land that's called Hijacked Google. My business listings appear to be a growing problem. And Greg talks about the fact that there's a way you can merge some Google My Business listings and essentially hijack the link from one to another. And it's becoming more and more of a problem. And somebody did it in the example of just taking over a big grocery store and stealing their link. So watch out if you're in the local SEO scene. Next up from Google Search Console, they have a announcement that they made on Twitter where they said, we've updated the remove outdated content tool. It freshened up the interface and made existing capabilities more intuitive to use. They released this on Twitter. The one thing that really kind of bummed me out about this, I, I again, like the tool, but net profit didn't make it into the avatar for the new Google Twitter avatar for Search Central. You talking about the spider? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what do we call it? Nicholas Page? Nicholas Page. <laughs> Nicholas Page. The spider didn't make it in. It's a sidekick. You need to be in an avatar. You're Poor right. Spider. You be on the shoulder. Yeah. But they Ooh. do seem <laughs> to be beefing up their search console, so that is fantastic to see. Next up, Search Engine Journal has been killing it with the content here, and they had an all-star cast talking about Google Passage ranking. Martin Split from Google was on it and was sure to say this is not Google Passage indexing, but that it's ranking, and there were, were a bunch of other folks on the live YouTube chat talking about passages. So you can head on over to our show notes and see Cindy, Bartosh, um, and, and Martin talking about passages if you want to see. They, they cover the full gamut of everything. So check it out if you want. Keeping it Google here and Google content, and Martin specifically, on the most recent episode of Search Off the Record podcast, or no, it's On the Record. They are talking on the record. It is Search it's On the Record. off. It is off? Yeah. No, I'm talking, this is the podcast. Okay, why don't you just tell us the episode number? <laughs> okay, well, I hope it's not 12 yet. I think it's because 10. It's, it's close to 12. I don't know what it is. Somebody, We're, I think it's that. 10. We're getting close. We are getting trouble. close. And, the and other, what was the bet? 12. I don't know what the no, bet was. No, but then what do you have to do? I okay, don't know. so I'll make something new up. Okay, you can <laughs> make something new up. But the sad thing is, I think I lost this bet because I actually love the dynamic between Gary and Martin on the show. They, they are entertaining. It, I, they did it. They weren't when they started. It was way too rehearsed when they started, but they got entertaining by the end here. And this time they had a special guest on the show, Pascal Birchler, a developer programs engineer at Google. And he talked about web stories and some of the indexing and they cover a little bit of it. If you want a lot of bits of it, as my children would say, Listen to Marketing O'Clock and subscribe because we got something really fantastic coming your way on Tuesday. And next up from The Verge, Microsoft Edge is inserting coupons into your online shopping. So when you're checking out, you can see what coupons there are that might help you save money, which is awesome. And I had a great idea. First off, we already have, have talked about the fact that nobody likes gift cards and Jess has agreed. No. I thought I do not agree that what we could do is make a tool where you take it, you get a gift card, you immediately like scratch it off and put it into your browser. And then it applies your gift card the next time you buy something. And then I thought, I like. how could we make this even better? And I thought of we, when somebody's going to buy a gift card, there's a robot and they say, don't buy the gift card. And you give somebody cash. I 
like gift cards. Gift cards are good for business. I've redeemed 50% of the gift cards I've ever gotten. Exactly. Gift cards are good for business. (laughs) Next up from friend of the show, Andrea Cruz. She has a tweet that there are the ability to create new reports and dashboards directly in Merchant Center and Google, which is awesome. Fantastic. Check it out in our show notes if you want to see more. And then Google's Small Business Advisors is rolling out. Barry Schwartz covers it over on Search Engine Roundtable. And what he says is five years ago, yes, that long ago, Google first began seeking applications for small business experts to become official Google advisors. Well, that's five years. Google has launched its official small business advisors program. And so what they can do is provide guidance directly from Google, tailor recommendations based on your specific business needs, and help you master Google products like my business, ads, analytics, and more. And my thought oh process- Oh my God. So I think I know exactly how this is going to work. You're going to sign up. It's free for now. You're going to sign up. You're going to get a small business advisor. You're going to message them, Hello. I need some advice. Let's do role play. Jess, Mm. you're my small business advisor. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm a local coffee shop here. I need all the people I can get. COVID's really impacted me. I don't have a ton of money. Every penny matters to me. And I really am trying to look at the right kind of pricing, whether or not do curbside. Maybe I want to do Bapis. I don't really know what to do here. I'm just really, really, really in need of a business advisor. Jess, my small business advisor from Google, directly from Google, what should I do? Hi, Greg. Raise your budgets. End scene. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Additionally, the Apple App Store is cutting the commission from 30% to 15% for folks making less than a million dollars a year. All right. And from John Mueller over at Google, there should not be another Google core update this year. Thankfully, there will be no updates just in time for the holiday season, but maybe the perfect gift coming your way is the new Echo Frames from Amazon. It's Echo Frames 2.0. You can ask Alexa to make calls, set reminders, add your to-do list, get in the news, listen to podcasts like us, and control your smart home from anywhere. And they look amazing. They look fantastic. Not. (laughs) Jess, would you ever wear Echo Frames or no? I don't think so. I mean, I haven't seen what they look like, but I, I just feel like it doesn't matter. No. All right, first up in social, hashtag move over hashtags. Instagram is adding the ability to search for content based on keywords, not just location, usernames, and hashtags. There aren't a ton of details yet on how this will work, but an Instagram rep told The Verge that it's based on a number of factors, surprise, surprise, including the type of content, captions, when it was posted, et cetera. So I'm thrilled about this on a personal level because not every post of a cat includes hashtag cats. So this opens up a whole new world for me. But on a professional level, there's a lot of opportunity here with this. And bless Matt Southern's heart for putting it so eloquently in his Search Engine Journal article. He says, perhaps the most exciting aspect of this update, at least for marketers and search enthusiasts, is the potential for Instagram SEO. For the first time, we can actually have discussions about Instagram ranking factors. I know nobody can wait for that. Greg, I guess you can start reporting on Instagram in the organic lightning round. So get jacked. S-E, no. (laughs) In other Instagram news, the platform has added the ability for users to opt out of third-party data usage for ad targeting. And the plan is to send out an in-app notification to all users alerting them to this. And I'm just hoping that people are way too busy performing keyword-based searches to see that. And they ignore it and leave it on and everything's grand for us marketers. Something not to be ignored, Facebook has made updates to their rights manager tool that will help creators detect duplications of their content and claim ad revenue from it. Facebook is also expanding access to the rights manager tool so that creators of all sizes can protect their intellectual property. You know what they should do instead? What? They should just run ads on everything, (laughs) whether you want to or not. And not give you any money for it? I love it. It's a great idea. Who'd you steal that from? YouTube. (laughs) All right, moving on. It's a terrible idea, by the way. I don't, I don't ship that or Stan or whoever he is. Moving on. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Stan. 
<laughs> That's a thing, right? Mark was explaining it, what it, where it came from. It came from <laughs> yeah, the Eminem song. Eminem song, It's yeah. not a gentleman that you're going to know. No, it's your biggest fan. This is Sam. <laughs> this is Stan. <laughs> Did you ever see the LinkedIn direct message, the in-mail that Andrea Cruz got about Stan? No. No, what did it say? Stan, no. Not a good song, Stan, by the way. It's in the chat here if you want to check it out. Should we read it out loud? Wait, who is Stan? For I don't even know what the Eminem song is about. You don't? It's the guy that's like, hey, this is Stan, your biggest fan. And then you can read my recap of it. But basically, this person kills their girlfriend. Kills them, like double, like it's like murder, su suicide. Yeah. yeah, it's Stan, the biggest fan. And then Eminem is late getting back to him. And he's like, yo, Stan, sorry. It's been a long time. I've been on the road. You know, battle rapping. That is not what Mark meant by Stan. Yes. No, it's it Stan. Is. That is 100% And this is Stan. a radio hit, right? Dido was on the track. So anyway, somebody said to Andrea, and Andrea goes, another great marketing email. It's like, Hi, Andrea. Being honest, each time I send a follow-up, I feel a bit like Stan from an Eminem song. By the way, great song! Explanation! <laughs> exclamation! I said that wrong all the time. <laughs> anyway, let me know if you'd like to see more writing samples from me, or I could come up with other engaging topics for your blog. That so was their writing sample? No, that was them trying to be funny on LinkedIn. So then I wow. said to Andrea, oh, you feel like Stan in the song? A psycho fan that harasses and threatens the recipient, kidnaps his girlfriend, then eventually kills her and himself. By the way, great song! Exclamation. My tea's gone cold. I wonder why. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I don't know why I got out of bed at all. I don't know about you guys, but when I do get out of bed and I'm scrolling my Instagram feed, there's a thought that creeps into my head like, golly gee, I'd really love some more long form content on this platform. Did you guys ever wish for that? Never in my life have I thought no. about that. <laughs> well, congratulations. And you know what? I don't even need shorter form content. <laughs> I like it the way it is. If I want to put a post up, I like hitting the middle bottom part where you put a post up. I don't you like can't searching hit that anymore. I know it's not there anymore. It's, you, I'm a shop. I don't use Instagram to shop. I don't just let me use it to look at pictures. That's all I want. That's all oh. I want is pictures. I used to love Instagram because you could just see a picture and you had no other context. Not anymore, guys, because I don't know if you remember guides, which was the like long form blog esque content format that they limited released earlier this year for health and wellness and mental well being and all that jazz, which was a nice effort at the time, the beginning of the pandemic. Well, they are releasing this guides format now to all users and across all types of content, including, according to TechCrunch, products, places, and posts. So I think that's everything. So paired Count with the new, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's dumb. I'm not going to read any of them, but with the new keyword, keyword searching that's going on, there could be some good marketing opportunities for businesses. I'm not going to read it. I think it's stupid. That's not why I go on Instagram, but kids are different these days. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe you could reach them. I don't know. Read a book, kids. Yeah, children. <laughs> yeah. It's just so stupid. It's the all internet. so insane. The it's internet is dying. Everything's bad. Honestly, you had something good with Instagram. It's like, you can go here to see pictures. And people love it because you like pictures. And you don't like the commentary. And you know what? I don't need short videos. I don't need long videos. I don't need shopping. I just want pictures. Amen. That's what somebody should make. You know how like it's it, that's like the whole joke is everybody loved Vine. Twitter bought Vine and shut it down. And then everybody's trying to remake Vine. It's like, give me a social app that just shows me pictures like Instagram used to do. What was that other app that tried to be Instagram? Vero? Is that it? We should all get back on that. What's just that? pictures. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It might I, be something else. I think you mispronounced Parlor. What is Parlor? <laughs> you don't want to know. I don't know, but I bet Greg has his, his name on it. At Greg Finn on Parlor, check me out. Never had a post, never will. Put that in your AOL profile. All right. Lastly here, and definitely least, 
Twitter is exploring adding a dislike button or a downvote system, and I cannot think of something that I need less. And I tried to think of something I need less. I even asked Shep what was on Facebook Marketplace lately, and her reply to me was, a search for dolls always <laughs> yields results. So I did. And... <laughs> And I, I think that I need these this $12,000 worth of porcelain dolls and this monkey's 1966 toy hand puppet more than I need a downvote on Twitter. That hand puppet's cool. Did you see the back view? I got a picture of it from behind yeah. in here. It's really weird. Greg, I, it's for sale in your neighborhood. It's in Rochester. If you want this, hop on it. I'm um, no thanks. This is what Freddy Krueger should have had. Instead of like the knives and everything, he just come at somebody with the 1966 glove of the monkeys. <laughs> with no thumb hole, by the way. So like you're just like <laughs> using a finger puppet with your four fingers. Totally weird. But it can be yours for $30. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I discovered a terrifying keyboard shortcut that I didn't know existed that shouldn't exist. If you are writing an email, I was in Gmail writing an email, and I accidentally pressed Control-Enter, and it sent the email immediately. So everyone needs to be aware of this and turn it off if they can't and not do that. And when I Googled it, it only talked about it being for Outlook, but it happened to me in Gmail. Criminal. And it was really bad. So everyone be aware. So fans of the show have heard me talk about the benefits of Facebook experiments. Lately, I've mentioned them a couple of times. I even talked about it when we say that Google doesn't care about you, but we do. And I had all these great things to say, and I still think that they're wonderful. But something that I have discovered because my experiment ended, FYI, when it's over, both versions of the campaign, the control and the experiment, just run they just run and they spend your money. So if you are not checking on the day that your experiment ends, you're just, it's still, which whatever, right? It was running the whole time. Maybe you get an extra day's worth of data. You, you had your budgets in place. Hopefully you were fine, but just FYI, it doesn't just end the way that it does on Google. When you run an experiment, your Facebook will continue to just run both versions of the campaign until you tell it to stop. And something working hard in my accounts was one of the very nice things that I learned about fleets myself from Twitter is that when you put a, tw a fleet up and you've officially flatted, you can look <laughs> at the stats from there and you can just see people that look at your information. And for me, I'm not like a ratio person or any of that stuff. I just like talking to people and communicating and some of like the best like experiences I have on Twitter are just people that like are nice and communicate like Andrea Cruz and PPC Greg. And you can see people that read your, your actual stories. And I just like follow people. And it's like, Hey, if you, you like this, I might see what you're up to. And it's cool. You can see who's actually checking your stuff out. So um, check it out. And you can also tag people, but I, I like that. Cause I was looking and I found some people that were really interesting that were looking at this and cool. I'm going to see what they're up to. So, yeah. And if you're me and you don't want someone to know that you're looking at their fleets, maybe don't look. But like, honestly, like you should, you should look at Mark and Ann Clark's fleets and you should interact with this because. Yeah. I'm talking about like people from high school. <laughs> oh, see, I don't have people from high. I'm too old for that. People on, from high school, they're only on Facebook. And now on to the segment segments where we just talk about whatever's happening this week. Shep, what do we got? Okay, well, big news in our world was when Mark from our team changed his Twitter handle. He used to have like a bunch of underscores and he changed it to just marketing by Mark. Um, so we did a poll to see what our listeners thought and which name they preferred. And it was actually surprisingly neck and neck. I thought it was kind of a no brainer. Uh, but the new name won with 55% of the vote and then his old handle had 44% of the vote. What did PPC Greg say? Can you see that? Oh, he well, he he responded to Mark and said it was an upgrade. Oh, that's, that's all that really matters. Tweet, so I don't see that. Yeah, if PPC Greg approves, then we all approve. And thank you. Third place for Greg of the year, um, we know approves. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And next up in the segment segments is called the Jates Corner, and I found this person by following Google Ads, and it's Josh Yates at J A T E S Jates on Twitter, and he's made it his life's mission. Anytime Google adds tweets that he asks for his search term data.
data back. And he screams it at Google Ads. And I just thought it's so funny. Back on November 13th, he said, Google silence since October 30th. When you next post at Google Ads, I'll be there, dot, dot, dot. Know that I'm lurking beneath the surface with a reworded tweet about search queries that will slice through the Twitterverse like a whiny samurai sword. I mean, that's a little Stan-like maybe now that I read that, but I just always see him yelling about the search query data. So it's brought me a little bit of joy in this. uh... And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is Through. That's T-H-R-U-U-U. And Through is a SERP analyzer from friend of the show and upcoming marketing a talk guest, Sam Schmidt. So with Through, you can easily explore the search results for a given query and see beyond what you would find just from performing a simple Google search. You start by entering a query and then Through will present search results to you, which you can analyze on an individual basis, peeping things like page headings, word count, title tag, and more without going to the page, which is always nice. But what's more, you can view high-level stats about all of the content ranking for your query, such as the average age of the content, image data, and whether or not any snippets are present, which is really, really awesome. It is a great way to explore competing content in your space and help you discover holes and content opportunities. And it is totally free. So we will have the link in our show notes, or you can head on over to app.samuelschmidt.com. That's app.samuelschmidt.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Simo Ahava, the one, the only Simo. Simo is the go-to with anything analytics, with anything tag manager, and Simo Ahava has penned his implementation guide for events in Google Analytics 4. If you followed along with this week's PPC chat, there was some Google Analytics 4 talk here. Simo has the most comprehensive resource for GA4 that you've ever seen. So head on over to marketingclock.com. I can't even go through it. It's so technical. It is perfect. If you have any question, Simo answers it in his guide. So check it out. Thank you, Simo. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Upfluence helps marketers streamline their influencer marketing campaigns so you can take your campaigns to the next level. Manage every aspect of your influencer campaigns in a single platform from influencer discovery and outreach to relationship management and campaign tracking. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. If you want to get Upfluence, go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started. That is get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. Okay, and this week is going to be a little bit of a continuation of last week's draft because according to Greg, there is a difference between computer animation and cartoons, as he calls it. According to me? According to life. fits everywhere. No. Cartoons are TV, but you're calling these cartoons. These are the traditional, more two-dimensional animated movies. Yeah, hand-drawn. Yeah. Well, you think they didn't use computers to make Frozen? Frozen is CGI. Frozen is not a cartoon. I thought they were in this category. No. No. Okay, You're well, they weren't on my list anyway because it's good. not good, but okay. Wow, shots fired. Well, I hope you don't argue against any of my picks. It's okay. not as a cartoon. Greg, you can go first. 
Wow. I cannot believe you let me go first. This is going to be absolute cleanup here. And I'm going to take my number one, knowing I go first and I'm going to save it here. So I'm going to get it on the way back. So number one, I'm going to go with Lion King because I need one Disney cartoon in my arsenal. You're only doing one. Wow. I get two? Is a snake draft where the first person gets two? I'm saying you're only doing one Disney. Okay. I got very excited there for a minute, Shep. Who's next? Spirited away on your list? I want to tell you my list. It's a competition that I have to win here, Shep, like I did last week. Okay. Jess, what is your first pick? I want Space Jam. That counts. Does that count? Oh, that counts. God. It's I mostly wish, animated. It's a bad pick, but it counts. Bad it's pick, my pick, butt. It's jealous. a good pick. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my first pick is going to be Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Everybody saw that coming. You're so rude. It's a great movie with wonderful music. Mm. Okay. What's your second pick, Shep? This is a serpentine Um, draft. I'm going to go with Anastasia. That is terrible. No, that's a good one. Is that the one with the mop? The non-Disney princess. The The mop? mop? Oh, That's Fantasia. Oh, Oh, no. Anastasia, she's the Romanoff princess. The one with the mop stinks. Everybody's like, oh, look at this. It's fantastic. Look at this art. And it's a mop. <laughs> I don't need that. It was Walt Disney's like greatest triumph. He was very proud of that. It's uh. terrifying, that wizard. Okay, Jess, what's your next pick? Oh, I get another one? Um, yeah, it's my four. turn again, isn't it? <laughs> Are we, we only doing out. four? Are we doing four? Yeah, yeah, I hope I don't run out. Okay, I want who framed Roger Rabbit. I, You're going I knew with you. all these like two... Yeah, that's fine. I know, but it's such a good movie. I just didn't is think it? that way. Yes. That I, is a good I was going to think about going with that, and I, I had, no, there's better movies. All right, Name Shep, one. what do you got next? Oh, oh no, it's me. your turn. Okay, so this is my number one. This is the best holiday movie ever in the best cartoon movie ever. The best vocals, The Grinch. The new oh, Grinch? No, the no, no. The original no. Grinch. The one with that the German guy. The Grinch? The Grinch, the real Grinch, the Grinch cartoon. The real Grinch isn't a cartoon and stars Jim Carrey. No, 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 no. That Shep, is not Shep, the real Grinch. Do you know how many listeners we just lost because of that comment? You're wrong. <laughs> it's, the, what, what is the name of the German guy that does the, the audio? It sounds like he's smoking a cigarette as he's talking. I thought it was the guy that does Darth Vader. No, James, James Earl, Earl Jones? Jones? No, the real Grinch. What is, how the Grinch stole Christmas from 1966. That is the real Grinch. Everybody listening right now is nodding their heads in agreement. And it is Boris Karloff who's like, you're a mean one. I can't, I can't do voices. I already sang. You're doing a lot of of singing today. I know I can't do it anymore. (laughs) It's like Boris Karloff, the Grinch. That's number one for me. And I took it at number two. Yeah, you're right. So I've got a Disney movie. I've got the best holiday movie out there and the best cartoon movie out there. And now I'm going to go with something funny. And I'm just going to go with South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut so that I've got a very big variety here. Who's ever seen that? I own it on DVD. America! (laughs) I don't think I've ever watched an episode of South Park in my life. I hate adult cartoons. This is the feature-length film, though. Yes. All right, Jess, what do you have next? Greg, I'm so jealous of your list. Um, I want the Great Mouse Detective. That's a good one. You can have it. (laughs) Thanks. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. You guys don't care about my list. It's terrible. I'm gonna oh, go yes, with the, the Little Mermaid. Oh, surprise. Oh, that's good. That's good. And that's then good rounding film. out my list, Aladdin. Wow, you really you went off on a, a tangent there. What do you mean? I have all Disney movies. No, Anastasia is not Disney. She's right. It's like Fox or whatever. Oh, okay. It was okay, a big well, thing. that's my list. <laughs> Jess, what's your last pick? I have Daria on here, but that's a show. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> that's why Greg's wording is confusing because that's what a cartoon is to me. Dude, I got to go with a classic. I got to go with my childhood crush, Robin Hood. Nice. All right. It's kind of boring. I'm going to round my kind of boring. He's handsome. I've got comedy. I've got holidays. I've got the best Disney cartoon. And I'm going to round it out with a little bit of musicality because that's the theme of the show today. And I'm going to go with Fantasia. the- Beatles Yellow Submarine movie. Oh my Check God. You're wow. listening. Oh, like, you're just trying to be Talk cool. Talk to the people. I'm not trying to be cool. I love the Beatles. 
the kids love the Beatles. Watch that. Never. Yeah, t- Never. freaking cheater. <laughs> Never <Okay>. <laughs> Greg's a cheater. I win. We'll see you next week. <laughs>